Welcome to episode five of the Pregactive Podcast, where we talk with Sigrid Peterson, who had one of the most amazing VBACs, so a vaginal birth after cesarean. And I am so excited to share this with you because it's inspiring. It's it's something that every woman who is looking to achieve a VBAC should listen to positive birth stories just like this one. I'm Karen, the founder of Pregactive. And through this Pregactive podcast, I'm going to help you feel empowered, informed, and confident through your pregnancy and motherhood journey as we talk all things health, mind, and fitness. I am so excited to have Sigrid here, Sigrid Peterson, who is so inspirational because she had an amazing VBAC. And I feel like, you know, in the work that I do, so many women are so scared of birth and so, um, and particularly when they, you know, have a cesarean the first time, it's like, well, I, I would like to have a vaginal birth. I would like to have that chance Um you know, I don't know if I can, all these sort of things. So thank you so much for coming on board today. That's okay. I'm excited. I, I want to spread some good vibes. Yeah, perfect. So uh, let's talk first about uh, a little bit about Charlie's birth, so the yeah. first. Um, so my first son was born um, coming up to four years ago. Um, healthy pregnancy. I had a little bit of high blood pressure towards the end. Um, not medicated, um, just a little bit of extra monitoring and it kind of went back down a little bit. Um, but I was overdue. So they were looking at the dates and it was over Christmas, New Year's, um, and they were advising that they were getting pretty booked up, but they had the 1st of Jan free. Um, I was, I think I was due Christmas day. So I was not that far over. Um, first time mum. I'd watched my sister being induced and given birth vaginally. So I was like, yep, you know, I'll be fine. Um, I hadn't done a lot of prep. I thought I knew a lot about birth, but I didn't. <laughs> so anyway, so we looked in the date, the 1st of Jan. Um, I was induced on a Friday night. Um, the next morning they broke my waters, um, put the Sintosin on. I laboured um, pretty well with the TENS machine, um, could move around the room a bit, um, they started to come on pretty quickly and strong. So I think at about three o'clock, um, I was losing my mind yeah. <laughs> and the gas was not cutting it. I think I'd exhausted myself. Um, and I think it was only about three centimeters. So they, um, gave me an epidural, which was fantastic for me. Um, it gave me a chance to have a break and relax. 9 PM, I was only five centimeters. So they were a little bit worried I wasn't progressing as, as quick. Um, then at 1 a.m. Sunday, they checked me and I was nine centimeters. Um, so I was clapping and, you know, almost there, <laughs> almost almost pushing time. And <laughs> I couldn't believe I was so close. Um, but when they checked me, I think um, they've even nudged Charlie or he's just become a bit distressed. And so they called a code green. So they... Um, rushed me down a theatre. They, they were rushing Chris to get into some scrubs and I was a bit in shock. It was a bit like the movies. Um, all I could muster to say was, can you save my placenta? Because I was having it encapsulated. <laughs> so I was like, don't throw that out while you're there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that happened. And then in recovery, I was pretty drowsy and they were trying to chuck him on the boob. And 
it was just a very big, big few days. Um, I wasn't against having a C-section. I just knew I had work a couple of weeks later. So I was trying to avoid, avoid that. Um, because I was going to try and transition from full-time work to work for myself. So, um, yeah, the next day they said, um, because your body did it, you're a good candidate for a vaginal birth. So they literally said that to me the next day. Um, and because I was disappointed that I didn't get that and I love births and babies so much, I was like, that's it. I'm having a vaginal birth next time. So from that very next day after having a C-section, I knew that the next time around. I was going to attempt and give everything a go um, to get and achieve that. Um, yeah, so I, I had a massive break between kids, not massive, three years, four months um, between the two births. Um, I needed a year to recover mentally. Um, I saw a psychologist. I actually had a bit of postnatal and baby blues, um, which could have been caused by the traumatic birth, Um which has been confirmed by a doctor who I just saw recently with with George's birth. Um, So that made me feel a bit better that it wasn't just me and that sometimes these births can cause that afterwards. Yeah, for certainly. And even, you know, even your partner experiencing. Yeah, I think think Chris had a bit of birth trauma as well. Um, When I had mentioned that I wanted to have a VBAC and have a doula there and he, I think deep down if he was being, if he would have, could have been honest to me, I think he would have just rather me just lock in the C-section and go down that path. But I'm pretty headstrong and um, stubborn in some some aspects. And it is hard, isn't it? You know, there's that there's that chance to do an elective cesarean. Yeah, yeah. Lots of my friends do. Lots and of, yeah. and so you know, thinking, oh, am I going to make it through this vaginal birth, or am I just going to have a cesarean yeah. anyway instead of having an emergency? Do I just do the elective? I think I think if they had said um, that my body hadn't progressed with Charlie or for some reason it's better to go down the path of a C-section for my next birth, like lots of mums, they don't really get a choice. Then that then that's fine. I would have I would have done that. No worries. But because I was fit and healthy, um, and that they could see no reason for me not to attempt one, that it was like I was lucky because I know some mums struggle with blood pressure or diastenal diabetes and things like that that really like restricts them for attempting a VBAC so um I can understand why a lot of mums just just yeah head down that path um and there's nothing wrong with that and I you know I've I've just I fortunately have the best of both worlds Mm. or the worst of one and the best of one so and your lifestyle is really different. I remember you saying even, you know, your work, uh, you know, you were working at a desk the whole way up and through to Charlie. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you weren't as fit and you weren't as healthy and you weren't yeah. as focused on you yeah. as you were in the lead up through to the birth of George. Yeah, so I think um, I used to work full time and I used to just do photography on the side. So um, I think it's a quite a stressful time, first time baby, you know, going on maternity leave, having enough money for the mortgage. Um, so I was yeah, working two jobs um, and I actually felt sick when I was sitting down. It's like, I don't feel right. And that's when I went to the doctors and like your blood pressure is a bit high. And I was maybe about 37 weeks pregnant then. Um, but this time around, um, from about 30 weeks, I started pregnancy yoga with yourself. <laughs> um, I started seeing an acupuncturist every two weeks and a chiro 
practice. She's not. She more does massage and kinesiology, and um, she doesn't really crack. So she's yeah, just to keep my body in check while I was working throughout the pregnancy, and um, yeah, so I kept quite fit just by shooting um, throughout the pregnancy. I actually worked right up until. So I think I shot a newborn five days before I gave birth. Weren't you doing some editing? <laughs> oh, I was doing some editing while I was laboring. <laughs> um, I think I'm lucky that I love my job. Um, mm. So I was just happy to keep going. Um, I can see why a lot of mums finish earlier, like 34 weeks. Um, I also think that's maybe sometimes too much time to just sit and ponder and wait and get impatient. Um, I knew I'd go over with George um, like I did Charlie. I just assumed I'd go a week or two over. So I had that mindset that I had a date but it really didn't matter as long as the doctors were giving me enough opportunity to go into natural labour, which they did. They, um, my doctor, Dr Neil from Box Hill, he's retired unfortunately, sweet old gentleman. He um, he gave me, I think, 12 days to go over my due date. And then after that, we were just going to monitor me. Um, so there was no pressure to have an induced date. or No one ever mentioned C-section date. I actually got into the midwife program when I was about five weeks pregnant. I quickly logged on, told my spiel, um, and then, yeah, got, was fortunate enough to get into the midwife program at Box Hill with Christina, um, which I absolutely loved. They were so supportive, so beautiful to see the same person every week. And if she wasn't there, there's a very small group of the midwife program. Um, so they're all very amazing. really gives you that confidence, doesn't it? Like I'm in the exact same program. Yeah. I love it. And I think that uh, at the same rate, you know, you didn't have Christina at your birth. And I feel like that's okay as well. Yeah. You know, you get to a point where with how they've structured the program that you're okay oh, yeah. with knowing that they're all so well-equipped, they've all got the they're same They're all mindset. so passionate. I didn't realise that they actually work a little bit harder than a normal midwife because they actually can put in extra hours. Um, obviously they do have to shift change, but they're on call a lot longer Um they just have to be really passionate about that job and that's why they're in the program. So Christina said a lot of them are a bit younger and don't have kids yet, but that's because they can put in the hours to be in this program, which they all love and are very close, Nick. I think I follow Christina on Instagram and they all hang out. They always eat ice cream together. So nice. Yes. So good. Super sweet. So even though I didn't, Christina, I didn't have in my birth, she was off, um, I did have another amazing midwife um, who took control of the room and, um, yeah. Amazing. And in terms of, I guess, mindset, so you were, yeah. you were quite strong in your mindset. Yeah. I, I think, I think throughout the pregnancy, I, I knew I was going to achieve a VBAC. I did lots of research. I'm in a, group, a Facebook group. So I was reading positive stories and some negative ones as well. I think in a whole, there was maybe 2% of doubt. Okay. And and if that thought quickly came in, it was quickly washed away with no, I'll be fine. I can do this. Um, putting in the putting in the work. Um, and now that I've achieved it, I think looking back that I did put in a lot of hard work, but a lot of it is to do with your mindset mm-hmm. um, and knowing that you can achieve this. Because I speak to a lot of mums um, who doubt themselves, um, who let the hospitals kind of put doubts in their heads as well. Um, and I actually made a smaller Facebook group with some local mums that were going to achieve, try and achieve a VBAC as well. And a couple, a couple of them went before me and 
two of them did achieve a VBAC. One was at Box Hill, one was at Mitcham, um, and we all encourage each other. And um, what a beautiful support. yeah, yeah. It was. It, you probably know some of the mums too, um, but it, that just it gave me extra hope as well that yeah. you know they can do it, I can do it. So. And that's exactly why we wanted to share this story. You yeah. Know, is is to I speak to mums all the time that are like, yeah. oh, I had a cesarean last time. I really would like to have a V back. I, I don't know, like and there's already that sense of doubt. Yeah. And there's already that sense of uh, fear and you know, they're just not too sure yeah. whether that they can do it. But I feel like hearing inspirational stories and particularly, you know, you had quite a traumatic birth the first yeah. time, like to, to be able to overcome that. And now, and you were even saying to me the other day, like your whole attitude after the birth has changed as well. Like, yeah, it affected me um, massively. I, I think I thought, oh, well, if I get postnatal, at least I'll know how to cope with it because, um, mm. you know, you're not guaranteed not to get it the next time. I think it's even like a slightly higher chance you might get it again. Um but I had an amazing birth and then I've had amazing um, postnatal as well experience. So I don't think I even cried. I don't think I even got baby blues. You are so I just in like a love bubble. Yeah, <laughs> And are. he's almost seven months and I'm still, still in a love bubble. And he's so chubby and gorgeous. Yeah, he's, he's in a good paddock. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, I, well, yeah, I, I actually fell off a quad bike Um late in my pregnancy when I was shooting a wedding um my partner does he gives, he gives me no sympathy because he was like why we were on the back of a four-wheeler but anyway um that just meant I just upped my upped my um my acupuncture and my Cairo and I just started doing a few float sessions and um looked after myself even more so I had a bad sore coccyx for a couple of weeks um they didn't bother me didn't bother x-raying me because there's nothing you can do for it anyway so and apparently you can break it while you give birth anyway so (laughs) so but you know that mended after like three weeks of me just yep looking after it sitting on a donut pillow um and I was like no this this won't let it this won't affect my birth I'm just gonna luckily I had a few weeks to recover Mm. um and then I think I got to my due date being gone no niggles um and then I think the week before or the week yeah before I was giving gonna give birth um I started to lose my mucus plug which I was super stoked about (laughs) I actually took photos every time a little bit would come out I think I was just more excited that my body was actually achieving something and doing something natural um but I didn't get to achieve or attempt last time a whole different experience yeah so I was taking photos I was keeping my midwife updated um I think three nights before um I think maybe the Thursday night I'd have like some cramps and some niggles overnight be okay next day kind of fizzle out um each night it would get a bit stronger um and then the Saturday night before um I actually had to have Panadol heat up my heat pack um, and then the Sunday, they were irregular, but there was something definitely was happening. Um, so I just had a chilled out day at home. And then by the afternoon, um, they were picking up a bit. So we decided to drop my son off to the grandparents down the road. And we took the dogs on a walk and I was having to stop and breathe through them. So I was like, all right, well, at least I know something's happening. And yeah. Charlie's been looked after and my doula's like, should I come down? I'm like, nah, just wait. I think I was worried that it was a false labour and it might just stop and she lives in King Lake and I'm in Lilydale, so I didn't want her to come all the way down and then send her on her merry way. So 
I was just editing and tried to have a lie down, but it was a bit too painful. Um, then Donna decided, no, no, I'll come down, even if she had to stay in Charlie's bed. Um, yeah, we watched some Ace Ventura and then put on some YouTube and had a bit of a dance and walked outside up and down my steep driveway a bit. Um, and then I put my tens machine on and was leaning all over the ball and my noises started to change and um, Donna thought, oh, maybe we should ring the midwife, let her know and start to pack up and go to the hospital. And then they kind of fizzled out a bit. So she's like, just lay down, have a rest. And they picked back up again. So it's like, all right, quick, let's jump in the car. So from Lilydale to Box Hill, I think I had three contractions in the car ride, um, one in the car park, one in the lift, one in the hallway. So it was like the movies, but in a good in a good way, not like the emergency C-section. This was like, oh, my God, I'm it's happening. Yeah. Um, so I met my midwife in the hallway um, and I, this wasn't the one I'd met before, um, but I liked her vibe straight away. You know, they, she wasn't in a uniform. She was confident. She... She actually told us that she's she was my age, so she's about 30, 31, and she's been a midwife since pretty much out of uni, and she's spent time in Cambodia being a midwife wow. for three years, I Amazing. think, so she's seen some stuff. Um, she came into the room. She turned off all the lights. She never checked how dilated I was, um, which in my birth plan I kind of said I was a bit 50-50. I, I didn't really want to know, but then I did, but she just never did it, so she just let, let me progress and do my own thing so just walking around the room with, I had the tens machine on the whole time um I started to feel a bit sick um and like vomit a bit a little bit so she said for Chris and I to go into the bathroom and just turn off the lights and just have some quiet time um which helped immensely he was sitting on the toilet I was on the ball just leaning into him we both almost fell asleep a little bit well it was um, overnight wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah I think maybe it was maybe about three in the morning maybe. Yeah. Um, I think I got to the hospital at about one thirty-two, and Donna had been at my house since about 9 p.m. And then came back out of the room. Um, I always kind of kept going to the floor to labour. So I was on my um, all fours. Mm. I was leaning against the bull. I was leaning against the bed. Um, I think I did a, I did a, um, hypno no, calm birth class not hypnobirth and she gave us all these different positions that we could be in and, and I always felt comfortable on the floor um in my first birth I didn't I, I think a lot of people just think oh you give birth on a bed and if you don't you're lucky you get to give birth in the in the water but I knew that wasn't an option because I was a VBAC so I had to be monitored and you when you have an in induction birth you're not allowed to go in the water either you've got to have the monitor on so water wasn't an option for me so that was out of the way but being on the floor and leaning on the ball felt amazing um so chris was actually holding my hips together each contraction to relieve pressure so Mm. my doula had shown chris this move which i'm sure he regrets because he had to hold it for every contraction for six hours <laughs> um really into this together yeah he's got some big man tradie hands yeah, great. um and a contraction would be coming and i'd be like chris <laughs> like Rather. um and it and i actually thought by hiring donna my doula who's a photographer and a friend that she would be my support person um but chris actually really lifted his game a bit he stepped it up and um 
and I needed him more than I thought. Um, I was much more affectionate than I thought I'd be. I've seen a beautiful birth, Renee, um, who's very affectionate, and but not a lot of mums are like that. Everyone's <laughs> a lot of yeah, everyone's different. So I, I was, I was thankful that Chris was hugging him and leaning into him, and yeah. um, it's your yeah. safe space. It was my yeah, it was my yeah. safe space, which was amazing because when you're in a long term relationship, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to it's nice to feel that. So. Um, yeah, they, they saw my arms getting really tired, so they said, look, get on the bed. You can lean over the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I've got no energy. Everyone have to lift me up onto the bed. And, and then I started to be really sick and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. Like, I've had enough. In my head, about three times I was going to ask for drugs, but I actually never vocalised it. So the wave would go, the contraction would, like, calm down, and, and I was okay. So, um no, dro- no drugs so far apart from just the TENS machine on my back. Um, at that point, they're like, that means you're close, Siggy. Like when you say you can't do it, it's because the baby's really close. Amazing. Um, so they just kept reassuring me. I kept being sick on the bed. <laughs> um, my energy levels were going down, um, but I said, no, I need to get back on the ground. Um, so I reverted back to my favorite position. They were like, Siggy, your, your legs are too far apart. Your baby's going to like hit the ground if you don't push your knees together. Um, so I pushed my knees together and I think that's when I, yeah, I was starting to crown and I would just let my midwife just kept reminding me, let your body take over. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I was maybe making any much noise. Chris said I was pretty quiet. Um, I was really like internal um, when you hear people talk about it and you think it's a lot of hoo-ha bull stuff, <laughs> but it, it happens. It's, it's so instinctual that you just, yeah, just let your body take over. And, um, I didn't really have to push. He was just coming on his own. And I also didn't want to push cause I didn't want to tear. Um, that so focus on breathing. Yeah. Just down. breathing him out. Yeah. And, um, and he came out all eight pound, 12 ounces of him. Um, and I, I was, I was exhausted. They tried to get me to hold him, but I was still on all fours. So they pushed him through my legs. I still had no energy to actually even pick him up. So someone had to like hand him to me, and I was just. I've got some incredible photos um, that my doula took, um, who's actually a photographer as well. So she's a she's a double whammy. And and then they yeah lifted me back onto the bed, and then I had the placenta um, and I realised that I hadn't had any drugs <laughs> and that I just pushed a baby out of my vagina. <laughs> um, I just was, I was just super stoked and, and super happy and I think he was, oh, was he six days past my due date or was I 41 plus? I'll have to come back to you on that one, but he yeah. was definitely past my due date um, and so I was surprised. I thought I might even go longer than that, but he came on his own accord and, yeah, it was just an incredible experience. Um, I did have tearing. I had second degree, um, which they put a local in and I had some gas. It wasn't that pleasant. Um, I think the birth was actually better than the stitches. But yeah. <laughs> um, but I did it and, yeah, got a healthy healthy baby and we've got an amazing bond. And, and you feel good. And I feel good. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think it's nice because I am a photographer and I see mums and new mums weekly Mm. um i don't really ever tell my birth stories at maternity sessions it's more of a debrief after they've had the baby and we're in the in home and and it's nice now that 
uh, at the time after I had the C-section, I was yeah not not happy. But now that I've had both of them, I'm really thankful that I can connect and experience with both with both of my mums, the ones that have the C-sections and unpleasant births, and the ones that have amazing births, or the ones. Yeah, like it's just I think it's yeah it's it's a good it's a good thing. I don't regret, and I'm not upset about having a C-section anymore. I've yeah come to terms with that and healed from that mm. um but yeah but yeah very thankful I attempted the be back and had all the support and yeah I think every little bit contributed but also yeah mindset is a massive a massive thing so and yeah. it's so funny isn't it I I've worked with so many women and one of which was so focused like I get these women who are just so, so focused and you were certainly one of those. I remember I'm like, you're going to have an amazing birth. I said that to you because I could just, you can just tell these women. But I remember debriefing with her and she was saying at the start, like the morning that she started getting her contractions at home, she was like, I can't do this. And then it was her partner that said, no, you can. And she yeah. had an incredible birth. Oh, yeah. And my my we, partner on the way home from the hospital, like, then, well, they, tra- they asked if I wanted to go home that day. And I was like, I've just had a baby and I have a toddler at home. <laughs> can I have a night overnight? So I had an overnight. And then on the way home, Chris wow. was just, Chris had been healed. Um, yes. He had an appreciation for the midwives who he's in awe of. Um, and now he understands why people get doulas and photogra- doula photographers. Um he has a much better understanding. And he said to me, he's like, why don't more people attempt a VBAC? Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, well, not everyone can, but, yeah. you know, he he's a massive supporter of it now. Look at him go. <laughs> just yeah. telling everyone. So big, tra- good. big tradie dude. Just... And how nice that you've got those Oh, he actually, he actually caught the baby. I forgot to add that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my midwife, because I was on all fours, mm. I didn't know what was going on behind me. And I think my monitor came off my belly. I actually told her this bugger off a few times because she kept touching it but she was just doing her job and I apologized <laughs> after the contraction but it fell off and I think the doctors were coming in behind her to check on what was going on because it was getting no reading and um, she's kind of like bugger off like she's about to have a baby do you want to come in like and anyway she turns to Chris and she's like do you want to catch the baby and, and I, oh, I think yeah. the few days before Chris had said oh no no I'll just hold your hand like I'll just watch him come out um, but he was put on the spot um, and he can't say no. So he leant down and um, helped guide George out, um, which is incredible. And Amazing. I'm thankful that the midwife kind of put, not to put the pressure on him, but just offered it to him because um, there's some incredible photos too. <laughs> this big burly dad just, yeah, guiding yeah. his son out. So. His son. Mm. This is his little guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so yeah that's amazing. a big part of the story that I forgot. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, but how beautiful that now you can both reflect yeah. together and yeah. you've got these. Best money I've ever spent, but I think, on the birth birth photography. Yeah. Uh, it's not for everybody, um, but it's one of the best things I've ever done is give birth vaginally without drugs and have a photographer there um yeah I'm super proud of myself so yes if it it yeah I think a lot of birth people birth photographers yeah they think oh ooh and gory and it's not so much about that it's just about the rawness, the rawness of it and yeah. the emotions of it um so even I just love my labor photos like my face and yeah I think I look amazing um you do yeah so, I've seen them yeah so 
you know, the gory ones I'm, I'm happy to share and a lot of mums don't. Um, that's just for their personal use, but they, they're still thankful to have them. Yes, because, mm. you know, you kind of can't get that back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. can't replay that. No, yeah, exactly. exactly. And sometimes the mums are so focused that, yeah, that they can look back and, it, and it, they can get a different side to it and, you know, yeah. I've had I've had shot of birth and one mum... Um, actually hemorrhage and had to go to theatre get stitched up but yeah she couldn't remember the birth so mm. thankful I was there to capture it um yeah. and the dad wasn't a big fan of me being there but then loved me straight afterwards <laughs> um and you know I think fear of the unknown for a lot of those things and yeah yeah for sure mm. and and just that ability to reflect yeah, because you do lose a, a bit of memory. I know yeah. that a lot of the time for the women, it's like, I don't actually remember that bit or that bit or that bit. Yeah. But, you know, the partners are out there and they've seen the whole thing. So it, it it's a pretty cool thing to be able to reflect as long as, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Not everyone's into it, but my, I think my sister took some photos for me my first birth. Um, I had a few people already in the birth room Um and I, was, I just remember labouring and being like, what settings are you on? And, like, show me the back of the camera. Or like, is it in focus? So it was so nice just to, like, be in the moment, obviously, giving birth and, yeah, debt. I think doula photographers are, like, just the best because, you know, Double two in one in. deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I'll be a doula in a, you will. In a few years. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop shooting weddings and start shooting more births yeah you'll be amazing well thank you so so much no, i know okay. that this is going to help a lot of women i'm excited i, I want to i want to share my story and help inspire mums or just even make them feel better about their births and whichever it. way happens so thank you so much <laughs> oh my goodness i just love that so positive so amazing secret is just one of many amazing women who have successfully achieved a v-back and just had a very positive experience with the second birth and i think that is so so important to remember it is also a very good healing process for a traumatic first birth so just listening to that i hope that you've really taken something from that and please we'd love to hear your comments your feedback on this podcast everything is on the show notes so head over to pregactive.com forward slash podcast to check it all out